We'll just have a quick recap on what the theme of our first episode was, if you just want to remind everyone, Ryan. Yeah, so the uh, the theme of the first episode was about the elephant in the room. Um, so obviously we're all um, bereaved parents. And, well, I say we're all bereaved parents. The majority of the people watching this are bereaved parents, but also we linked it in with how Dan has never experienced that himself. So it was almost a, as a help tool for not only bereaved parents, but also those who maybe um, wanted to, to pop on, listen in to you know, the right things to say, what not to say, you know, things like that. And just to take on board uh, people's, uh, sorry, brief pet, brief men's feelings um, and the sort of reactions that they would get if they said certain, you know, uh, yeah. analogies, things like that. So yeah, no, it was, um, it was very good. We had a lot of positive feedback. Um, and this, this week's is, is all about the, um, the days that creep up behind you. Mm. Um, so yeah, looking forward to having a chat about that, and hopefully we will um, we'll be able to help some people out there. So this week's topic, as Ryan has briefly touched on, is pertinent dates. Just those dates that will have forever changed since your life forever changed with the with the loss of a child. Mark, I would like to come to you first of all because we we haven't had you on the podcast before. So if you just want to give everyone a little bit of a background to yourself and and your family. And obviously the situation that you went through in terms of when it was and how, how you've dealt with it. Of course. Yes. Thank you, Dan. Um, so I, I know Ryan and Amy from way back and uh, from a former life as a kind of look at it. It's kind of like be, before you lose a child and after you lose a child, yeah. it's kind of a, a, a line where sort of your life changes forever. And um, in 2015, we, um, we welcomed twin girls um, unfortunately, they were born prematurely at 26 weeks and um, they were born two days apart and they were born at Heartlands Hospital. And unfortunately, from, for one thing and another, um, the hospital decided that they wouldn't proceed with taking them into the, uh, the neonatal ward. They didn't fit the criteria um, to, to enable them to be taken down, even though they were born alive. So we had, we had about two, three hours with each of the girls on two consecutive days um, before they passed away for the, um, well, they basically just fell asleep with us um, for the first and last time. And, you know, <laughs> it's easy for me to talk about now, whereas, you know, we're, we're five, six years down the line from this, whereas five years ago, I wouldn't have been able to open up like this. It would be a case of just pouring your heart out or being yeah. a blubbering mess kind of thing, or just being angry, not being able to smile, not being able to be able to talk proudly about the uh, the children and whatnot. So um, immediately then in the aftermath, in the first few hours, we had a message actually from uh, Ryan's um, sister in the hospital. She'd heard about what happened and I knew her and the charity then reached out. And um, it was just, it was incredibly touching then to be able to sort of say to my partner, to say, look, I know this charity, that what they do, uh, but, you know, you kind of, I saw it from the outside, never been kind of in the, in the first phase or scene yeah. goes on behind. And so, yeah, it was mesmerizing. And since then I've been involved and tried to help out and give a little bit back wherever we have been able to do. Um, but yes, it's just, it's, it's a crazy, it's a crazy thing. And I, I found tremendous mm. support from being able to go to the um, to the social meetings, the support meetings at the um, I call it the pub, but that's where 
the in a private room in the pub. That's where that's where blokes sort of hammer out their their feelings half the time, isn't it? If, you, yeah, if yeah. you're annoyed by football or you're annoyed by whatever in life, a pint yeah. and a little bit of a chat. And that's the thing that I found within the group was that you know. Um, one minute we could be talking about what happened in the football last night, the offside or whatever, and then the next minute you've got a chap in the corner of the room who's kind of upset yeah. and everybody's cajoling him and, and and listening to what he's got to say. So um, it's brilliant in a way. So that's where that's how, where I am really. I mean, the first Christmas was absolutely brutal um, because we didn't have any children. Um, well, obviously, I was a father. But we had everything and we'd got yeah. things in the house, but there was no children. So I, I, I've seen both sides of the of the equation where, you know, other people have got children where they could be distracted and have their mind taken away. And obviously it doesn't make it any simpler. But then I could also agree. I mean, Matt was in a similar situation to myself where he became a dad and then he didn't have a child then to actually come home to as well sorry to drag you into it Matt but you were there as well and um and yes the first Christmas was awful but since then we have uh, welcomed another daughter in 2016 in June and then we had another daughter then uh, who was born three months premature um in October 2018 and um can I just jump in there? How what was it like dealing with that with the the three months premature after obviously the experience and dealing with the emotions that you knew that might be stoked up from you, you, what might happen before? It it was just it was it was devastating. I mean, it was just like how many how many black cats have we run over? You know, it was just it was basically very very similar time frame. We were two weeks on almost from where we were when we lost the twins. But obviously, when you have a singleton. And when you have a twin, it's a kind of whole different scenario. I mean, we were never kind of explained whenever um, whenever we were expecting twins how at high risk you were in terms of carrying them and how the body behaved in a different way. And when we, I remember we were taking... Yeah, I didn't know, you know that. I didn't know that even now, you see. It, it didn't, I think it's sort of, yeah. what we've been told is it's something that the body kind of has a, a clock and it's to do with the... Uh, the hormones in in the lady the body thinks that because it's carrying two it's carrying twice the amount of hormones or whatever it should be carrying and so it thinks that the baby's full term even though it's only kind of halfway or just right, over okay. halfway okay um, and so we were taken into the heartlands in, and taken down into the neonatal and one of the devastating things was that and in some ways it wasn't devastating because i was happy for them but there was a, a lady a young lady who'd been brought in across the way from my um from partner's beds and um she she announced she'd had a baby who was a bit further on and she said oh it'll be all right my uh, my um, my sister had twins last year born at 26 weeks and they were brought down here and they survived which was wow. the exact time frame where wow. yeah, three okay. years earlier we were in the hospital and we were not allowed, we were not given that um, that same treatment. Oh, gosh. There's a lot to deal with, you know, to keep your head together at that time. Plus, on top of that, you were, did you say you were back in the Heartlands as well for the for the second yeah, time? Yeah, so, you know, we were going wow. and driving up. I was driving and going past the same um, Yeah. You know, I had to walk through when we were on the maternity ward, and um, we had to walk past the the room yeah, where the yeah. girls passed and whatnot. Um, so yeah, it was it was devastating. But you know, sometimes whenever you, it's not a competition. We've all been in devastating yeah. places, and we've all come through this roller coaster. And there's 
people you know travel at different speeds and people are dealing with it and and responding to it in different ways i think that's a great point um you, you, everyone does deal with it at different speeds right from the outset we were sort of like we've, we're parents to these two and we want our children to know that they've got sisters um, yeah. I, mean, I, I was brought up in a, a roman catholic um uh, Irish Roman Catholic family and it's been a bit hard okay, to right. sort of because you're angry you know you've got mixed emotions you're drawn up and everything about that but we've just been we've said right from the outset that you know they're involved we've got we put photos up there's photos in the house of them there's obviously the you know when we were in the in the hospital we were gifted the memory boxes from the Lily May Foundation which enabled us to have the clay footprints and the inkless printing so it's one of those things that we've got up in the house we're proud of it some people you know you sometimes you have visitors to the house obviously not at the moment because of Covid but um, some people will look at it and and sort of oh it's going to, to that statement last week it's the elephant in the room but you know we're proud parents i'm a proud father of two girls but i only had them for a few hours yeah and so yes from the from the outset there you know we have photos we talk about them we involve them every time it's their birthday the two days our two daughters have presents from their sisters we go and do like a children's party um, and involve the girls that way um, so they're very much a part of it. The Lily May, obviously, they give the, um, the Christmas um, cr Christmas tree decorations and things. So we have those typically every year with the girls' names on it, and we ask the girls to put their them onto the Christmas tree for on behalf of their um, sisters. So yes, it's just it's it's all about talking about them and keeping them keeping their memory alive, really. And as long as you're talking about them, that's all that we can do. <laughs> Top stuff, uh, Mark. That's really interesting. Thank you so much for that. Thanks. Matt, with um, obviously a similar situation in terms with, with Christmas, I think it was 2016, you said before, when you lost your child. So how is it dealing with a time like this today? For example, just the simple thing of putting the Christmas tree up. I think the, the, the first, uh, like I said, the first Christmas is one of those that you, it's like when you, know, when you, when you think that, the, that, that you're going to start a family, that you've got all these plans and you've got the... Um, the, the how you see it happening mm. um and then and then it doesn't obviously quite go as you as you as you um yeah as you thought it would and i think the problem then is um how do you act um do you uh, are, are, is it okay for you to be happy um is it exactly. okay for you to is it okay for you to um so to, so let me to, ask you then is is it is it okay for you to be happy Absolutely. I mean, obviously, the answer is yes, but how, you know, yeah. there must yeah. be conflicting uh, arguments. No, I, I, absolutely. I think, I have to admit, that I think the first time it really hit me and, and, and my wife, Crystal, was um, when we went to the first Lily May um, Christmas um, service, yeah. because they're absolutely wonderful services, but you kind of go into a bubble when you, when you lose and you think the world stops. Obviously, it doesn't. But then you kind of turn up at the church and then one of the first things that we saw was we walked in and we were like, oh, there's, there's other families here with children who they've gone on and had after. Mm. And that, that yeah. was a bit like that kind of hit my wall. Like that was a bit sort of straight away. But it was, all, it was also a positive thing because it then gives you hope that you can go on and, you know, exactly, yeah. hopefully, hopefully um, go, you know, go, go again with, 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 another, with more children. But I think... Like I said, I think moving forwards, um, 
the, the Christmases, um, I'd like to say they, they, they get easier, but I, I think that every Christmas is, is hard. And I think, course, it's the fact yeah. that, I think it's the fact that it creeps up on you all of a sudden. No. Yeah, I'm, I'm wary of phrasing it in a way which is, oh, you get to a point where it's no longer mm. something that you concern yourself with. But it's just the coping mechanisms behind, yeah. you know, making sure yeah. that you, obviously you, you have the memories and you treat them the way that you want to treat them. But also yeah. at the same time, you are moving forward and life goes on. Yeah. And as things, you know, come full circle, maybe in the future, the situation you've just, uh, just described with the, the church, you're the, the parents that someone else yeah. who's new to the situation then sees. And so yeah. on, you know. And exactly. I, I was just about to say that actually, because obviously, we've done I think it's seven seven Christmas services now, and and we've actually done one today, which was virtual. So it was obviously. I was a about lot to ask you about what, that. Yeah, a lot different to what we've done before. Um, but you see, obviously, we've seen so many uh, families that over those uh, sorry over those seven years or six years sorry where we've actually had people come into the church where we do it where you've you've actually seen their journey and you've you've seen you know there are parents who come religiously every year um even though um, you know it's not a religious service in any way shape or form it's it's open for everybody and we get a lot of people there you know there was 170 people last year where did you where did you have it so we do it at um st mary's church in uh, temple borsal um and the i've done a I don't really know the reason why we do it there other than it was just our local sort of air, uh, local church. We had yeah. Lily's funeral there. Myself and Amy got married there. The kids oh, yeah. are Christian there and things like that. So there, there is a, you know, there's obviously a lot of meaning behind it. Yeah. There's an attachment to the place. Yeah. But you see, like I say, you see these parents every year and you see their journey and you, I mean, I was actually talking to somebody yesterday who was saying that, you know, the first year they came, they literally, they, they just sat with their head down because they they didn't want to look up because mm. they were frightened of, you know, expressing their feelings or crying or and it was just the the sheer release of emotion and now and then she was saying that actually now it's something we look forward to going to as a family which we can now talk about and we can get involved in because we don't feel like we're going to burst out crying and stuff and it's our little present our little gift you know to to their child and it's it's and I think as well a lot of people look forward to things like that as well because like Matt said Christmas creeps up and I think this year obviously with with the situations we've been going through Christmas has crept yeah. up a lot it's just a weird year and I think this year obviously where we did the virtual service today it's difficult for myself and Amy because we want to produce something for families obviously that are you know going through a terrible time and there are people obviously that have lost babies this year previous years and stuff and it has to be a service that is open to everybody and nine times out of ten having been able to talk somebody you know face to face is a lot better than obviously talking to hundreds of people over a virtual service who you can't see how they're reacting to it me personally, New Year's Eve is a big one for me because you leave in that year again. And I think my biggest worry right at the beginning on New Year's Eve was that the further on that you get, you might forget. Um, right. And I didn't want to forget. I didn't yeah. want to forget her. But actually, you don't because I can still, I can, if I was to close my eyes now, I could put myself back in that hospital room when she was born and I could, I could literally talk 
anybody through exactly what happened because you you don't forget even though you're yeah. frightened that you will do um but i think for me it's the celebrations that everybody's obviously having at new year moving into a new year and it's a fresh start for a lot of people you know resolutions things like that yeah okay it's great to have those you know things to do and but actually from a baby loss perspective it's it's of actually course, yeah. it's difficult it is it is very very difficult <laughs> Another thing is we have supported some parents who have lost a baby on New Year's Day um, or have lost a baby on Boxing Day or Christmas Day, you know, things like this. And these are days that are always going to be there for the rest of your life, which are always celebrated by the public. And actually, that is the worst day of your life. It couldn't really be any worse if that's the situation then, because that, that especially a Christmas day or a New Year's day or around a, a traditional holiday season, which is then, obviously, things have changed forever. But then on top of that as well. Yeah. And that's something which we have to consider for everyone who's listening and, and watching the podcast, that it's not only people getting over, sorry, not getting over, but trying to move on. And, and restructure and rebuild their life after tragedy, but actually having it on a date such as that as well um, is, is, I can't even imagine. Ryan, you did say you had uh, a comment, I think someone had left on Facebook that you wanted to, to bring yeah. up. Yeah, yeah. So um, I'm going to keep it anonymous because I don't know if, he'd, if, if this person would like me to, mm. to mention their name, but they've said that um, their partner is currently pregnant again. Um, they lost um a little girl in april of this year um and he says that it's a really strange feeling in terms of the guilt um and i can only assume um he means the guilt of potentially you know a a future pregnancy following a loss and obviously the time of year and stuff like that as well what's your guys opinions on that i've obviously been i i think for me it's um it's that whole balancing act how and where to spread your love because obviously um you've got sort of you know you've got your children who are physically here and you want to make sure that if you can you 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 hope that they have the best christmas they can possibly have and they get excited and things like that but then you want to be able to still give your love to the child that you will you you've lost as well um and i think it's sometimes quite difficult to spread yourself around um and i don't i don't think there's anything wrong in 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 feeling guilty i think again it's how yeah. it's how you deal with it um yourself and how you deal with it emotionally and again like we said in the last podcast there's no right or wrong way to deal with any of this um you know and some people will will hide that guilt and push that guilt away to try and feel like normal if, if that's a, a, a one of a better phrase but I, again i think obviously i think some you know when you when you have lost i, I don't think you ever feel quite normal again <laughs> you know if that's the point um, um Matt, so, I, I think yeah you, you you're right in what you're saying i'm i'm, I'm in mark I'll, I'll ask you in a second but for me when mm. we fell pregnant after we'd lost lily I, I I felt guilty. I also felt yeah, yeah. guilty when we lost Lily because there were certain things that oh, I massively. didn't want to do yeah. in the hospital. You know, for instance, I didn't want to hold her because I was absolutely yeah. petrified of yeah. not, you know more more so of I didn't I didn't want to break her more than yeah. Um, yeah. and I, yeah, I I 
felt guilty when we went on and had other children. But then I think for me, I looked at it as though, what, how would, how would Lily want me to feel? Yeah. And, you know, Lily herself didn't choose to not make it. No, no. Lily didn't make it for the reasons that she didn't make it for. So what sort of helped me? And I mean, this is hopefully a bit of advice to um, this, this, uh, person that's made made the comment is yes it is okay to feel guilt there's nothing wrong with feeling guilty but at the same time you know think about would your little girl want you to feel guilty that that no. they're having a, a little brother or a little sister um, yeah. and obviously the answer is is no but it is natural to obviously feel guilt yeah. to feel you know things like that what what do you think mark yeah, I mean, for me, I, I remember it. I mean, I, I felt guilt, but even the evening when we were lying in the bereavement ward and the door and the second daughter had passed not long before, and I was just, I wanted to run out into the night. I just wanted to scream the whole sort of hospital car park down. And just straight away, I was just thinking, how can I fix this? How can this possibly be resolved? Or what can I do? And selfishly, then you just think, well, I'm a dad. I'm a dad. I've got so much that I want to do, want to say, want to give. I've missed out on so many future memories. Because I think that's the thing. Whenever you, everybody loses somebody in their life that they love. But whenever you're thinking back of like an aunt, an uncle, a grandparent or a parent, you've created a whole lifetime of memories. When you've got a baby, you've only got either a snapshot of time in that hospital that you can remember them by. Or, you know, some people aren't even blessed or lucky enough to have that experience. So I was just there lying and my partner, she was asleep or just, you know, I was just she was exhausted. And I just thought we've got we've got to try. We've got to try as soon as possible. And because of the um, what we'd been through, we were advised, you know, we had to wait three months or four months before we could try again. And, you know, you were anxiously, I mean, I didn't want to bring it up too much, but I was con consciously looking at the calendar and counting down that time frame. And I had pangs of guilt and I thought, am I being selfish? Have I allowed enough time to pass? And I, I can celebrate them their lifetime for the rest for the next 30, 40 years of my life. And so, yes, you shouldn't to the message to the chap is that, you know, it is traumatic, a, a future pregnancy. You're on tender hooks all the time. And, you know, little things like your wife would possibly have gone out for a baby shower and, and done all these sort of things and started buying all the kit for the house. You'd be decorating the creche, getting excited. All of that's kind of on hold now when on a, on a future pregnancy after you've lost, because you, well, that was, that was in our case, there was no like drinks with the boys to celebrate in the first few hours. Cool. And then even, you know, I don't think I had the wet the bed head of either of my girls because I was just like, I just want to be there with them or I want to be supportive and, you know, and obviously the prematurity of the second one, not that one completely out of the park. But, um, yeah, I just, my, you know, congratulations to this um, to this fella and, and to his wife. Um, really pleased for you. Because I think that's the thing within our group. Whenever somebody loses and, you you know, you meet, I've met so many people through the Lily May that you're absolutely delighted them when you hear of somebody you know, being blessed with this gift at a future time. And yes, we all feel it's perfectly normal for what this guy is going through to feel that way. Um, with your, something else you mentioned earlier, right, about your, your services that you did, the Christmas services, because I wasn't aware of those before. Are you doing any others between now and Christmas? 
yeah so no we've um we do our one obviously uh, over baby loss awareness week which is in october um which was also another virtual service that we did this year um and we do one on the first sunday of december every year which is obviously the christmas service mm. we don't um currently do any other sort of services per se throughout the year but if there are um ones that people are interested in then mm. obviously send us a a message and we and we can have a look into doing doing something but um i think the service today has had something like three and a half thousand views Brilliant. um on on social so it's it's obviously widely um watched and 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 obviously attended when people can come and stuff so it's um yeah it's it's like i say like i said earlier sorry a lot of people comment that it is something that they they do genuinely look forward to going to as a family because it's it's something that they can uh, remember their baby by. So, I think I think for me as well, having attended the 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 services every year, um, I think obviously after getting past the first one that we that we went to, you then look at it as a, as as a celebration. You know, as Mark said previously, we want to talk, we want to talk about our children, and we want to celebrate our yeah. children. And unlike when you when you've got children who are here, where you can create physical memories. I think it's important to celebrate um, celebrate those those times that are specifically for the children that you may have lost, and I think it's important to embrace them as well. And that certainly helped us. That really has helped us because, you know, we want to we want them to 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 continue living and continue their legacies. And I think it's 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 a it's a fantastic service, and it's done just right. It's done just That's right good. in the right tone, and you know. That's really, great. Good work. I do, although part of me has, I don't know why, but it had images in my head of Ryan leading the choir wearing the Whoopi Goldberg outfit from Sister Act. <laughs> I'd, probably pay, I'd probably pay to watch that, to be honest. <laughs> we could do that one, yeah, couldn't we? <laughs> I think the brilliant thing about the whole day, I mean, as I say, was that afterwards that we're all invited into the into the school which is immediately next yeah, to it yeah. in Temple Borsal. And yeah. the, one of the highlights is the free cake, free tea, tea free cake, free tea <laughs> and coffee. But it puts everybody together <laughs> in the mix so that you can all chat. And again, you're sort of recounting, you're seeing, going back to how people have progressed mm. in themselves and what their recovery is, seeing new babies, seeing new children, and just being able to catch up. And you might not have spoken to that person in the space of a year, mm. you see them that at the next Christmas sharing a bit of cake and it's just, it all just floods out and people are just, it's a more relaxed format where you can actually discuss things and have a chat. And, you know, you can have a, we are talking in a blokey kind of atmosphere or aiming it for the dads here. Yeah. There's dads, there's mutual dads that have been there that you can go and have a sit and a chat with and whatnot. So it is, it's a brilliant day. And um, yeah. Well, as you mentioned earlier, it's those environments that, especially as are with our previous episode, uh, being about the elephant in the room and the theme as, you know, of its men talking about our emotions. And you mentioned about the pub earlier. And sometimes it is the environment which might bring it out in you a little bit as well, which you need to do. Whether it was that or the place which you, you just suggested, pretty much anywhere which has a pint and a cake, I think, tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. I'm a simple man. I'm a simple man, Darren. Are we all? I could vouch for that when he was climbing mountains. <laughs> yeah. Oh, did you go on the Three Peaks Challenge, did you, Mark? Because we heard yeah. about that. I, I was, I was a glut. I was a glutton for punishment like uh, these three chaps here, yes. Well, it was a brilliant, brilliant event being part of the 10-10-10 uh, the and, uh, and the climbing of the, uh, the mountains. Yeah, I was saying to Ryan earlier 
I've lost three toenails, so he owes me <laughs> three toenails for this trip. Wow. I'll do, you, I'll do you a pint per toenail. A pint or a piece of cake. I, I I'll do, okay, I'll do you. Yeah, I'll do you. <laughs> I'll throw you a bag of sweets in there as well. <laughs> I keep saying I'm going to get involved in next year's one, but the rate of these injuries that I've been hearing about, I'm not, I'm not entirely sure. <laughs> right, we had an, uh, we've had another question, I believe. We have, yeah. So somebody has um, just said that they lost their baby on New Year's Day um, and they find Christmas extremely difficult right, because well, yeah. it was the, obviously the, the last time that everything was was normal to them and that everything yeah. was okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, so for them, and, and I think, you know, the other lads will, will probably agree here actually at times, it's the build-up to the day that is worse than the actual day. Yeah. Yeah, um, I believe that. And I think it's more because you I always go back to, I remember when we were going into the millennium 1999 and I was standing on Broad Street in Birmingham. So obviously they were bigging it up about how, um, you know, there was you, we were going to have this millennium bug and yeah. everything was going to go wrong. The, the sky was going to turn green and, and everything was going to go. And then midnight come and nothing changed. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, and and it was like that big build up, and it was like, oh, that okay, so that's another new year gone. Yeah, and it's almost like that to an extent with the build up to the birthdays. You build mm. it up and build it up, and obviously you're thinking for us this year it was it was Lily's tenth birthday, so we're not far away now from her eleventh, and mm. you build it up and build it up and build mm. it up, and then actually on the day. In my opinion, I'm not actually as bad on the day as I am in the build-up to the birthday, which is. And I, How do you feel know. about that? Like, what's your what's your feelings on that? Because that was almost like, do you then is there a conflict of your emotions? Because well, why am I not feeling? Early, we talked about guilt. Yeah, yeah I, I think just that, I think it's coming back to that a bit. Should yeah, I feel I think more? At first, I think at first, yeah. Pro- at first, it, her birthday was horrific. It was horrific for me. Um, and then when it becomes part of your life and it becomes part of your your week or your month or your year or, you know, what have you, I think you you learn to, um, I, I, I'm not going to say accept it, but you learn that it becomes part of your everyday life. So actually it gets, it, I suppose to some extent, it's almost like cognitive behaviour therapy. The more you're exposed to something, you know, the the less impact it has on you, even though you still feel those feelings, you, you're able to control those feelings a little bit more. Mm. Um, go on, Matt. No, I was going to say, I think on top of what you said there, I think you, you also know that um, these anniversaries are never going to go away anyway. So you you kind of, as, as best as you can, you accept it. But I think it's it's a case of accepting it with the understanding that, you want to celebrate it as well. And I'll yeah. keep going back to that sort of kind of celebration. But well, you know, that's because right. it's, an, it's an important point, isn't it? And I think a lot of what we do talk about over over the course of the series, well, often they, they the answers will be similar to a degree because, yeah. and, that, and that doesn't matter because it's different ways and of how with each situation, there might be certain connections, you know, between between different ranges of emotions. I think before before we finish tonight, are there are there any other dates that maybe are particularly applicable to to either of you three that are not maybe you know the traditional dates because the topic tonight has been pertinent dates obviously so away from Christmas and the New Year the anniversaries etc. I think for for me, um, 
obviously Etta's our second daughter I think strangely enough a couple of times uh, like this year I felt a little bit funny leading up to her birthday as well like there was a feeling came across me not for too long for a little bit am I am I okay am I allowed to celebrate her birthday and of course absolutely I am because you know she's here uh, physically here it's how do I celebrate it because I should have been celebrating this with Callie you know I think Possibly it, it, it might be, I don't know what the other lads think, but sometimes the, the, the birthdays of the other children are, yeah. can be difficult as well. You know? right. Father's Day is mine. Amy's always been really, well, I, I say Amy's been really good because obviously with, with the kids being so young that, you know, she gets the card and I mean, now that now the children can write, they will write Lily's name in there. So they'll say, you know, cool. to daddy, blah, blah, blah. And then they'll put all, all the names in there. Um, and I think that, that that helps because obviously they remember her, but yeah. also it, that they obviously recognise that, you know, it's important that her name is, is actually put in there. So Father's Day is quite a, bit, uh, quite a big one for me. I mean, I went through a phase where every year I wanted to go to the cemetery on Father's Day, but, you know, this year weren't able to go to the cemetery on Father's Day. So you, you effectively break the mould to some extent, but... Yeah. Um, that's a tough. That is a tough day for me. But again, it's um, you know, I am lucky that I've got my other children there. You know, it is good in that respect. And I've spoken to a lot of people, obviously, who haven't yet gone on to have other children or have chosen not to go on to have other children. And 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 they say as well, Father's Day is a difficult one. I think my own birthday as well. You know, when it's as your own birthday, you sort of should I be celebrating? Um, there's a part of me that's missing. And again, going back to the card, you receive a card with your daughter's names in there. And, um, and, you, and yeah, I think the important thing to take out of it all is you can't keep punishing yourself for things. You know, you've got to you've got to try and move on and rebuild. But just not forget, just embrace them and just they're part of you. And they'll always be part of us as we move forward, really. I think um, talking about cards and it's something that I, I wanted to speak a little bit tonight because I've spoken with I've seen Ryan at the group on Tuesday. Just a bit of a, advice, I suppose, in the fact that if if you're sending cards to people who who, who have lost babies, me and Crystal love seeing Callie's name written in a card. Mm. And I think people won't do it intentionally. We believe, we know they don't mm. do it intentionally. I think it's important for people to understand that it's, it's so amazing to see her name written down in a card. Yeah, that's um, a good point, yeah. yeah. You know, and I think we might have lost Matt there. I think we've lost Matt. He, he, won't, he might not know yet. He might still be talking. <laughs> he needs to stick another 10 feet in the meter. Yeah. <laughs> okay, Matt, well, maybe he'll come back. But I think we're about ready to wrap it up now anyway. Um, yeah. Thank you to everyone who's, who's been watching. And there'll be a shorter version of this online, along with the original one with the elephant in the room from a couple of weeks back. Anything that you have, any further questions or comments that you want to aim towards Ryan or to Emma or anyone connected with Lily May Foundation, you can do so. Just find them through their social media. And we will be back. I'm not sure when we're back yet with our with our third episode, if it's going to be this year or, or next year. And if anyone has any suggestions of anything they'd like us to talk about, and don't know. hesitate to get in touch. Yeah, definitely. If there's anything in particular that you would like us to, to talk about, 
um, then please do get in touch. And um, also, if, if you know if you want to take part in it as well, and you want to be part of this group, you know where we um, we can get you on with us, so you can put your points across and so forth. Then obviously, please do let us know. Thank you very much to everyone, and yeah, we'll, uh, we'll we'll speak to you again soon. Thank you very much for joining us, Mark. And as ever, Ryan, thank you uh, for having me on as host. And uh, wish you and Amy a happy Christmas, and talk to you soon. Mm-hmm.